for listening to Hope Central's latest message. You can learn more about Hope Central or find more messages at hopecentral.org.au. Excited to be here? Yes. I am excited. Why don't we just pray before I start sharing? Lord, we just submit to you. We surrender our whole being yes. to you, Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, that you move in our hearts and open our spiritual eyes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This morning, I'm going to talk about a very important subject, and it's called love. And I call the love rules. Not rules how you're going to love, but love rules overall. Yeah. And that's the, everything that we hang on. We've got Jesus and we've got love. Yeah. It's a very powerful thing. Who's been doing a 21-day fast? I hope that you have drawn closer to God. And I hope you heard from God. And I hope you feel more spiritual as a result of it. And I hope God has shared some visions for your own life. This is a very important time, of, I believe, for our church. Hence why the Holy Spirit laid it on our hearts to do fast and prayer. I believe God's going to do something amazing through our churches. He believes that? Yes. In order for that to happen, we need to draw closer to God. And we need to get our hearts right before God for what He wants to do. Yes. Otherwise, we don't want to be just religious people just doing whole heap of things without the heart. So today... We just want to make sure that our hearts are right before God. Is that all right? Cool. If you want to um, score a goal, you want to be on a team. It's no point playing over there when the team is playing here. right? Sometimes we're just wandering around, we're not connected, and we're wondering why I'm not bearing fruit, why it's not happening for my life. But you know, God has brought us into his family in his kingdom, but then in his local church, a family, when we work together as a team, as the body, to bear fruit for his kingdom, and everybody's part of the team. And that's how we score. You know, in the sports, in the team that you play for, when somebody scores the goal, the whole team wins, right? It's not just so. We need to be playing on the team in order to see the results. Amen? Um, so we're just going to start with Luke 10.27. When the young rich ruler asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus summarized with three things. He says, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So two things, love God, love people. Quite simple. But our hearts get caught up in different things over time. I want to ask you some questions and I want you to think about it. Can you love? Sorry, can somebody make you love? Can you love out of fear? Can you love because you've been told to love? How can you love somebody you don't know? Friends, if we don't have love of Jesus in our hearts... It ain't mean a thing. You can feel out of fear responding, but that's a poor motivator. 
that's not going to last a distance. All the things hang on love, right? See, when we get to know and experience God, we feel his love. When, not, when somebody's telling you it's your personal encounter and experience, and the 21-day the fast, I hope that you draw close to God and experience his amazing love. You know, when Jesus came to do his ministry, he could have set up an amazing mega church with the best worship around, perform miracles, and he did some of that. He could uh, do signs and wonders, do amazing things and tell people what to do. But what did he choose? He chose an ordinary disciples to spend time with him. Why? Because they need to know him. You, you can pass on information, but you need to be close and know Jesus' heart. Because then you're carrying his DNA, then you're carrying what he's about. Then it's the, your heart moves you and compels you. Because Jesus knew that. If he gets your heart, you will be moved. Yes. Right? The religion is quite opposite. That's why so many people are not moved. Because perhaps we don't have the love in our hearts. And love comes from God. In 1 John four nineteen says, We love because he loved us. He first loved us. In 1 John four sixteen. So we have come to know and to believe the love of God for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. I mean, we read the scriptures lots of times, but the depth of this stuff is quite serious. It's about the heart. It says 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. It's a powerful emotion. It moves you. See, God has poured out his love on our lives. Why? Because he loves us so much, but he also, he wants that love to flow through our lives and affect others. It's a different thing when you're saying things for the sake of saying, but when you love, you are moved with compassion. You are, your heart is moved. When you see brokenness, you are moved. If Romans 5, 5 says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And who knows the Holy Spirit is here and he wants to pour out his love. Is our hearts open wide to receive the love of the Holy Spirit? In 1 John 3, 1, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us, that it did not know him. The love originated from God. Who is God again? God is love. And I think that's the main ingredient for the church. If we don't have love, we're just making a leap of noise. Claiming things and saying things for the sake of saying. We learn our religious talk. I mean a thing. If we don't have love, that's what Paul says. If I surrender my body to be burned and do all these amazing things, if I don't have love, I'm just making a leap of noise. Love is the most powerful emotion. What does love, God's love make you do? People do crazy things because of love. 
Look what Jesus did. Love driving to the cross. Love compelling and moved him. See, people say they love Jesus, but there needs to be an evidence of that amazing love in our lives. What does it make you do? Somebody once says, show me where you spend your most money on and most time on, and I'll tell you what you love. It's a good indicator. See, passion is driven by love. Where is the love and passion in church today? In worship, that we get excited, and I saw so many people excited here, so praise Jesus. That's great. Because when you're moved by love, you can't help it but worship this God who has poured out the love on undeserving people. I'm undeserving. I am not worthy, but Jesus loves me. And all I can do is just respond, my Lord. I'm so grateful for your love. You touched my heart in the most amazing way. I can't just keep my mouth shut. I need to shout it out, your praise. It affects your life. It moves you. What about in our sharing our lives together? uh, Seeking God, witnessing to other people. Or do we only love when we're on a honeymoon? If you're married, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, sometimes love wears off and we need to ask ourselves why that's the case. Why passion is so important. It indicates what we love. You see people at football matches, there's a whole heap of passion going on, yelling and screaming. They love it. How much more for Jesus? See, our love can grow cold. When I first got saved, I loved Jesus. He rescued me. I was in the gutter. I was just so lost. He saved my life, and I was so excited. I wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. But over the time, I got involved in church, and I was doing all this work. Every night of the week, I was serving. I was doing stuff. And it just after about a couple of years, I started realizing, I don't feeling God's presence anymore. What's happening with me? So I just became religious, kicking goals and achieving all this stuff. But God is not impressed by our works. He really wants our heart. He wants the relationship. He wants the fellowship. He wants us to move with passion and compassion. And when we're just doing all this work, it's like, well, it doesn't impress him. Great, but where's your heart? Where are you at? Have you lost your love for God, just going through the motions and following rules? In Matthew 6, 21 says, for, the, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's boring and powerful and powerless Christianity if we're just going through the motions and serving and we just have our religious experience and we tick the boxes of, I've done that. How boring is that? (laughs) See, maybe your heart has been hurt. And it does happen. 
Happens to church, God forbid. People will hurt you and upset you. They'll speak things against you. You think, what? My brothers and sisters in Christ, the leaders will upset you. And it will keep happening. Don't worry, you'll get hurt over and over. This is part of living in this world that is broken. There's no perfection on this side of heaven. It's just a whole heap of hurting and broken people. But we can't stop because we got hurt. We can't just pull the handbrake on and go, you know what? Time out. I'm hurt. Can't do this. So you build yourself a tower and you lock yourself in and build the walls up. And friends, when we're like that, we, God can't use us. You know, if you try to avoid the love in your heart so you, you will not hurt, you'll be missing half of your life. In Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in the spirit. He's there when you're hurting. He's with us. He knows. But he wants to be there. He wants to heal us. In Psalm 147, 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Isaiah 41, 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that beautiful? He's always with us, friends. Don't lock your heart away because what has happened in the past. Don't live in the tower. Just open your heart again. And when you get hurt again, God will heal you. He will be with you. He will carry you through. He knows. He understands. He's been there himself. On the cross, people ridicule him. Sorry, I can't pronounce the word properly. <laughs> He's just saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, what kind of love is that? Yeah. That is a crazy deep love. It comes from above. And we need that kind of love. See, passion is the matter of the heart, not circumstances. Some questions to ask yourself where your love for God is at. This very simple, right? Not rocket science, just very simple. I just ask myself this on ongoingly. Do you still love reading the Bible? Like I can't wait to, to sit and just read and every time I read, inspires my heart no matter how I feel. Sometimes you feel convicted and, about things, but there's excitement. It's like getting to know God, getting to know what he's saying. Do you love, still love praying? Or is it just like another chore that you, oh, this is what I have to do. I'm a Christian. This is the, one of the rules that I follow. I need to have my set time. But where's the heart? I just love coming home. Sometimes I had a hard day. I kick my shoes off and I go in the rumpus room. Lord Almighty, help me. My heart is hurting. What I've seen today, what people are doing. Or, or you see... Um, the need and you just feel inadequate to help. Do you still love being honest about your heart condition, sins and desires because doing so make you closer to God and more secure in his love? In other words, just being honest. None of us are perfect. God doesn't use perfect vessels. We're just on a journey. Do you still Love putting God first. Are you prioritizing God's kingdom first? Obeying the Bible over your emotions and opinions. 
Do you attribute the loss of passion to your circumstances or to sin? See, sometimes the sin creeps into our lives and overshadows the presence of God and it's just stealing from us. It's a foothold or a stronghold. And we can't feel God's love anymore, so we need to deal with this stuff. What is the spiritual condition of your inner life, your heart condition? Again, simple stuff. Number one, is your heart hard or soft? Honest or deceitful? Humble or defensive? Responsive to God's word or apathetic? Are you in pursuit of God or of the world? These are just the simple questions to ask ourselves. What is going on within? We can't sit in two camps. We can't love the world. The Bible says do not love the world, the things of this world. Because then the love of the Father can't be in us. We can't have two feet in two camps and then we just wrestle forever. We just got to surrender and give up of the worldly pursuits. It's not for me. I gave my heart to Jesus. I die with him. I raise with Christ. I'm the new creation. Now, we need things to live. That's fair enough. But we don't just pour our heart into these things that are useless. They mean nothing at the end of the day. When we go stand before God, they ain't going to count for nothing. So how do we restore our love for God? Again, it's not that hard. Sometimes it takes a journey a little bit with other friends, but God can heal your heart no matter how broken it is. In Matthew 6, 31, 32 says, Therefore, do not be anxious saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. See, God wants to take care of us and he already knows our needs. Be honest with God about your worries and anxieties, sins and desires that distract you from focusing on God alone. Identify specifically what that is for you. Begin to trust God again by praying specifically through each of those and choosing to give your worries over to God. See, love is the greatest motivator. Like I said before, love moves you and compels you. When Jesus has your heart, you're moved by that. You see people with different eyes. And God supplies the energy and strength and anointing for you to do his work. We need to have our hearts right, friends. We want to reach people for Jesus. We want to disciple people. But with love, not performance. Evangelism starts with love. Love is always more important than methods. We can have a plans, a strategy, and that's important, but love overrules every, all of that. Why do we want to reach the world? Because Jesus loves them, loves the people. Hates the sin, loves the people. And we are his church, a chosen instruments in his hands to I came to church because somebody loved on me probably same story for you our hearts needs to be right before God 
When I first became a Christian, I went from being so lost and confused, came out of the war, my heart was broken on many fronts. And I received Jesus in my heart and there was this washing of his love over me. The heaviness was lifted and peace came. It was the most amazing experience that I ever felt in my whole life. It was so amazing. I wanted to tell everybody about it. So this guy that was discipling me, he was an evangelist. And I joined with him and going, witnessing to people. We used to go door knocking every opportunity we had. And he was amazing at it. And, but I was just, I didn't know much, but I was excited. And I just shared my personal testimony a lot of times. I remember going to different streets and we will write down the, the street name and the the house number and people's names. And then we, when we knock on the doors and we have a chat with them and we uh, write afterwards how open they are or the, the needs, healing needs or members of the family going through stuff. And, and I remember we had lists of these people and I, at night by my bedside, I just used to cry, pour my eyes out, pour my heart out before God. Because I was moved because God was showing me how much these people are hurting. Because my heart was involved and I was being pulled. I couldn't sleep sometimes. I was fully engaged in what God was doing. We see people come to Jesus, people responding to the love of God. It might take sometimes takes time to build the connections. But that's what love does, breaks down any barriers. People have this preconceived idea about church and about Christianity and all of that. But love just smashes all of that down. When people see that you generally care, the Holy Spirit comes and dismantles these things around their lives. They're just undone in God's presence. And friends, we need to carry that kind of love in our hearts. That's God's love that just breaks down hostility walls, tears down the strongholds. Love is the greatest. He has no boundaries. No matter what religion or what people have been through, Everybody wants to be loved. Allow God to continually fill your heart for lost people. So you can tell, come up here and tell you about evangelism and this is what we do. But this is what really God put on my heart. We need to get our hearts right. We need to ready ourselves. And I believe God is going to bring lost people. And we need to have a hearts for them. And some of them are going to be not that easy going because they've just been hurt and broken in the world. We need to love them unconditionally like, like God loves them. And we need that kind of love from God into our lives. See, if we are doing evangelism out of the sense of duty, obligation, or I should do, we will not be effective. Nor will our efforts bring, bring pleasure to God. He wants us to have his heart. I remember once we were involved in hospital ministry and helping out uh, in emergency department. And we met a lot of different people there. And one night we met this young man. He was from New Zealand. He came to see his relative in Adelaide. 
And he went to Salisbury train station to catch a train to get to Adelaide and then go to the airport to go back home. So this mob of people came upon him and just beaten him so bad. They took his shoes, they took his wallet, took his watch, took everything. His, his ticket back home was in there. And he was battered and bruised so badly. And so he ended up in the emergency department and we were spending a fair bit of time with him. He shared his life story and so much brokenness. He lost his mom six months before. Um, and somebody else in his close in his family passed away a year before. You can see the sadness and brokenness in this young man. He's like early 30s. And so we stayed with him. We tried to encourage him. And he's like, he's got no money. He's got nowhere to go. And emergency was quite busy. And they said, look, you know, we need to let you go. They stitched him up. And as much as they could, they said, we don't have bed for you. You need to go. And this other friend that was with me was said, we, we just can't let him go anywhere. He's got nowhere to go. He's got nothing. So he said to us, I said, well, what can we do for you? He says, oh, if you take me to the airport, you just leave me there and I'll sleep on the bench. And this is like a midnight now. I thought, well, maybe the airport's not even open. So I said to James, says, why don't we just put him in a hotel somewhere? So we took him to the air- near the airport. We put, put him in the hotel. We paid for his dinner and his breakfast and um, said, look, you know, we said to the hotel people, if he's not well enough, we'll just ring us. we pay for another night and... And he just couldn't believe it. He was just like, he said, I've experienced the most horrible thing today and the nicest thing today. He says, why do you guys love me? Like, why do you care for me? Like, you don't even know me. So we shared our testimonies and our stories about love of Jesus and all of that. And he was just blown away. But I remember leaving that place, like one o'clock in the morning. We was driving in the car and just, we were so overjoyed in our hearts. Because that good Samaritan story just was like a real. That's what we just did. And God was so pleased. That's where it's at. We need to ask God for, for the sake of time. For Luke 15 heart. So that's your homework. Go home read, read Luke 15. Ask God for that kind of heart. Signs we are loving the lost. Sincerely and specifically pray for the lost people. Prioritizing giving time to them. I mean, if we are so busy in our lives, we've got no time. How are we going to reach anybody? We need to prioritize, make time. See them as people, not as an object of our ministry goals. Sharing the good news with them. Building strong connections and follow up. In Australia, I think this is the key. You need to get to know people and they get to know to trust you. It might take time. It doesn't happen just like that. Sometimes it does, but most often they're not. It takes time. I remember me and Karen were part of, um, we were going with, to a psychic fair. We used to set up a tent with other churches and uh, put like a white tent. We call it a journey. We used to pray for people and the first year we did like a card reading. <laughs> we had seven cards, and it's about creation, fall, you know, Jesus died for your sins. It's pretty much the gospel. And at the end, what are you going to do about Jesus? I didn't expect that. Other times we used to just pray for people for miracles. And we met this guy there who was trying to discover and work God out. So he was like trying to discover these historical things like a chariots of Pharaoh in the Red Sea and, 
um, ark, Noah's ark, and he was so into it. He spent years of researching, and, and so we, uh, afterwards we caught up with him, and we getting to know him. I still got some of his materials, and they were returned back to him. But it just takes connection to get to know people and get to know their story. It might take a time. And we, as a result, we've seen many people come to church through that. If you make yourself available, put yourself out there. But the key is you have to have a right heart. And people know if you love them or you don't. That's the most effective way to do evangelism. Get your heart before God and getting it be broken. And let God fill it. And then you will be moved. When you see people, you will be moved with compassion. You will no longer be able to ignore it. Because you were just beating in your chest. And we can't save everybody. We can't do all the work. But we can play our little part. Through this church and in this body in our own walk. So let's stop playing church and going through the motions, playing religious games, wearing the right clothes, saying the right words, and wake up to the fact that people are lost and dying. And don't look at yourself for a solution. God is the solution. And He is with us. His presence is here. Holy Spirit is here. His power is available to our lives. We just need his heart to move us, to do mighty, mighty things for God. How should they know without somebody sharing with them? Somebody share the gospel with me. We need to open our mouths and speak, as well as we love and care. So who shall go? Everybody. There's not just experts. It's the people that have the heart open, because, Lord, here I am. Use me. I hope you prayers our Lord. I pray for opportunities today for people to come my path, to share the good news, to love on them, to bring hope. In Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's what he came. And there are a lot of lost people out there. I'm excited when people come to church. Sometimes people come from other churches and that's fantastic. You know, for different reasons. But I'm most excited about sinners coming and giving their heart to Jesus. And that is my prayer. I want to see salvation of souls. I want to see healing and deliverance of broken people. I want our hearts to be prepared so God will come and bring through us, through this church, through Salisbury Church, through Gola, and so many other churches in this city. And we're calling a revival. It starts with us in our hearts and it just spills out of this place and affects people. The light affects. The love affects people. It's the Holy Spirit cannot be contained. It wants to bring it with you, through you. Why don't we get up? I'm going to invite worship team. We're going to do some praying. I'm just going to ask the worship team to sing a song. And as they're singing and praising God, I, why don't we just think about 
Think about people in your sphere of influence. Think about what God wants to do through this church. And where do you fit in that? Then think about where's your heart at and why that's the case. And there might be a journey for you where you need to spend time with leaders and, 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 and go through stuff. And think about if there's a sin in your life that it's blocking the love of God, that it's getting in the way. I want you to deal with that. Because you need to be free in order for God to use you. We can't live in castles and we can't live in bondages because we'll be unproductive for God. We need to be set free. So let the Holy Spirit flow. You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.